Hey, you're listening to Melissa Unscripted, and we want you to know we love our listeners. We especially love when they send us ideas for new episodes they like to hear, and when they subscribe so they don't miss an episode. So share your ideas, hit the subscribe button, and keep listening. So how, did, how do y'all know each other? We've known each other forever, which is a really long time. So let's 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 actually let's actually for once start this way. Can you introduce Mary Beth for the podcast? Because we always forget, we always start talking yeah. with our guests and we forget to introduce because it just I do my happens and so yeah. I am so excited today <laughs> on this podcast to have Dave here again, obviously, but my really good friend Mary Beth Hudgens is here. I've known her, well, we both are about 25, so I've known her at least 20 years. <laughs> no, you met in preschool? We actually grew up in Greensboro together, but that's really not our most important connection. And she may have an opinion, and I may have an opinion of what our most important connection is. Mine is that I trust her explicitly with my fashion and look. That's always been a struggle for me, and she really just handles it. But I think a a connection that means the most to me is, ironically, both our mothers were the top realtor, female realtors in Greensboro in a time when they were mostly men realtors. So they were both trailblazers, and we just built such a friendship based on our schooling and being so young for our, our peers and and everything else. But did, did I cover everything, Mary Beth? You think? Yeah, add I, to that. I think that the the mom connection is not only that our mothers were trailblazers, but that we both were really close to our moms, mm-hmm. and they influenced us tremendously uh, from our work ethic to how we how we view the world and how we do our businesses ourselves. They had a huge impact on how we run our businesses. And Mm -hmm. so we have a very similar mindset about that and how we approach things. So that makes it always fun to talk to you um, about it. Her mom was really heart-based, as was mine, but but tough, too. I mean, really, like, yeah. (laughs) Somebody who loves you has to be tough. That's how they show it sometimes. Saying no is one of the most important things you can say to a child. Yeah. And um, and that means you love them. And just as everyone's heard my mother's name over and over again, but her mother was Betty Geraci. And anyone who knows anything about Greensboro real estate would have heard of Preston and Geraci, which is now Alan Tate. We don't want to give a plug out to our competitors, but we can do that. It's all good because they're that was a great company that her mom helped build. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's very similar in that. I don't know about you. Do you agree? A lot of what motivates me is still, I know, I mean, we've both lost our mothers, which we have that in common. And that's a club no one wants to belong to. Especially and, as long, young as you are. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, in our must, 20s. Especially as long as I mean, it, being, <laughs> being in your 20s, that's so challenging. It but, is tough losing yeah. a parent but, early um, on. And so I think what, what bonds us over that is the fact that we're still trying to make them proud of us a little bit and do things the way they would do. You're listening to Melissa Unscripted, the show that brings you tips, tales, and the truth about the real estate world. I'm your host, Dave Wilson, and with me always is the woman who dresses for success, Melissa Greer. Your moms were trailblazers. Does that mean they were badasses? Like, did you have to be one back then as I'm, a woman? I mean, you would have never called them that no, especially, to their face. Right. I, no, I didn't feel that way at all. In fact, I was so proud because my um, so many of my contemporaries at the time didn't have moms like that. 
Mm-hmm. And they were starting their careers at the time. When they were starting their careers, they had nobody to talk to. They had no other woman who had done it and gone out there and, mm-hmm. you know, given it their all at a time when it was unheard of. So people always were like, do you think your mom would talk to me about this job offer? Or So I was... They were was, more mentors. Yeah, mentors and sponsors for young women, which yeah. was great. Um, so, yeah. so no, I never felt like I had to be a trailblazer. I was always thinking... I really didn't think there was any other choice but for me to work, though. I will give you that yeah. <laughs> because they'd all, you know, they'd always work so. Even hard. when you were in the fifth grade on a weekend, <laughs> right? <laughs> or in the summer. I mean, I walked like, more houses, helped <laughs> measure more houses, went and looked at more new neighborhoods. I always tell we probably have talked about this on the podcast, but in the summers when we were in um, school, my mother on her way to work would drop my brother and I off at the U Picket Farm <laughs> and just leave us there and then come and get us at five. And that's what we did. Is we, that's where my fear of ticks came from. <laughs> and your love of strawberries. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's priceless. And, and my allergy to corn silk, which kept me from having to shuck that corn. <laughs> but I swear I still had to pick it <laughs> or whatever you do. That was tough. You were tough. Funny. But, um, but no, I think you're right. It's funny when you say that, were they badasses? And I think now that's such a current term. Mm-hmm. I think our mothers were too classy for that word in a, w- a way. It's mm-hmm. interesting. There was a type of woman, and I think there still are, hopefully, mm-hmm. where you, you know, that word is almost a modern urban dictionary it word. It is absolutely a modern yeah, word. Yeah, because you could, they probably were every bit the badass that the people are now, but it wasn't really. They were classy, and the way they got their success was always playing well with others and mm-hmm. treating people with respect and being gracious mm-hmm. and dressing well and mm-hmm. looking the part when they walked in, which is we'll segue into that in a minute. It, well, at that, at that time, I guess you didn't have a chance to not look the part 100% of the time. No. Like no. If you couldn't let there, your there guard down. T- there was a totally different standard, in it, and where it still is the case, I will tell you, women still have to step it up a lot yeah. more to get their voice in the room. That's still the case. But for them, if you think about the time period in the 70s, late 70s, that was that was really the case. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. When I go to one of our Berkshire Hathaway National Conventions, one of the top agents who actually owns the whole company in Omaha, Nebraska, where Warren Buffett lives, mm-hmm. he wins so many awards and his company wins so many awards. And he gets up on stage in... A Hawaiian shirt and the jeans with the rips in them and the flip flops and everything. And I'm just like, I think that that's cool. I could never, Mary Beth knows I'll go see her if I have to go to convention. I can't, but it, it, it sets it up where I can't walk out. I have to have my look, but that would never be something I, I could just imagine my mother looking down thinking, what are you thinking? And wow. Because I think that they instilled in us, which is interesting, it'd be fun to ask you why how you came into your career but they instilled in us that you have to look the part because that helps you feel the part mm-hmm. you know it gives you that confidence so you can do it and and I think my mother I, my sisters we always laugh because when you we went to see my mother she would when you walked in her house and you can't see this but this is the first thing she did before she she'd look you up and down she'd look you up and down and see what you're wearing and how you look and even if you're just going over there to watch TV, I mean, it's like you still needed oh, to no, I'll, represent. I'll, I will tell you, even though I'm in the field, mom would say to us, I have three sisters, would say, you know people see you in 360. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, may look, you're may, you might have it going on coming in the door to me, but I just saw you going to the kitchen mm-hmm. and wasn't working for you, you know? <laughs> she 
We just say it like it was, you know. So. Oh, yeah. When we started selling real estate, I mean, people laugh at me all the time because I still will wear pantyhose under nice slacks or or a skirt because I just always had to. It was our dress code, but I couldn't wear pants. It was skirts. Mm-hmm. The reason I had to have that foot reconstruction is because I wore, and I couldn't afford nice shoes, so I wore cheap shoes, and it just ruined my feet. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, you just couldn't, even if you're walking up in an attic or going in a crawl space, I was wearing a skirt. <laughs> I mean, it's after yeah. a while. Yeah. Now I think it's a lot more realistic, but... Right. You know that that was the way it was, and I and that was easier. I can't imagine when our mother started. I mean, I mean, it was their clothing. We do you remember? Okay, so we want to know how you started, but <laughs> I mean, that's what the whole point of this is, sort of, right? Yes. Okay. So, but <laughs> we do you remember Montaldo's? Of course, I worked at my, my first. Okay. Talk, that was talk. My first tell us. Job. Tell us how you got into. Tell us what you do and how you got into what you're doing. Well, I've always always loved love fashion. Um, my mom said I decided when I was in sixth grade that I wanted to be a fashion designer. The two things strikes against me were I couldn't sew or draw. So that wasn't going to be the way I could get, get to this goal. Um, and so I always loved it and uh, pursued it. And uh, I did take a few exits because mm-hmm. my mother desperately wanted me to go into real estate. I and I got my license and I worked for um, a new construction company and sold to first-time buyers mm-hmm. for two and a half years. And I did well at it, but it mm-hmm. just di- didn't have my heart like mm-hmm. it had my mom's heart. So I went back into to the fashion piece, and um, and I still love it, even though it's a very tough tough business. Now, did what do you do now? Like, what's your what's your company? What are your companies? Well, I, I own Dress Code Style here in Greensboro, and I've had it for over 20 years. And I have a company called True You Consulting, which is a very complimentary company to dress code retail um, in that it's a personal brand strategy company for high talent individuals in Fortune 1000 companies. So as Melissa was saying, you know, as relaxed as everything's gotten, uh, it still matters how you show up and it, and you want to be very authentic about it to make it sustainable. And I kind of help women package themselves in their best package. You know, like I wrap them up with all their best parts and teach them what those best parts are and, and let them use them to their impact. I think it's fascinating. Your mom wanted to, to mold you into a real estate agent, mm-hmm. but the whole time she was still molding you, but it was more on how she held herself, presented herself, mm-hmm. and how you looked up to her, I guess. Yeah, no, I, that she was, was always fashion. a great example, and my yeah. mother did so uh, beautifully, and um, I, was all, I was in fabric stores as a young kid and patterns, and I was around it my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, she was definitely a role model in that regard as well. Now, what sets you apart, your business apart from dress code style? Um, what separates you from all the other, you know, fashion well, boutiques? Well, there's a or... lot of people in Green Small independent specialties that do a great job in Greensboro, and I would like to toot the horn of those those people that really still go at it because it's not easy, uh, especially in a green in the Greensboro market. Um, but what sets me apart, I think, is that um, I'm direct and heartfelt. I always ask my coachees to pick three words to describe themselves. And um, my three words are heartfelt, credible, and direct. Um, because I, I always tell you, yeah. I'll tell you what looks good and what doesn't, but it's, it's from a very heartfelt, I care about you winning, I care about you being your best. I mean, it's from a very much a cheerleading uh, lens. So uh, I think that I just make that extra step of knowing who you are, what your lifestyle is, 
you know, and not trying to sell you something you don't need. I, I just can't stand that. I, I don't believe in it. I've heard that you've turned turned people down on buying some things because it just wasn't right for them, even yes, though they liked it. That, that's very true. And people say, I don't know how you stay in business. And sometimes I wonder, but, but I'd rather say you the right thing. And that I always use this gauge that when I see you in the mirror, if I see you kind of light up, I know that I've hit it, you know? And, and I always say, if it's not a home run, you don't need to own it. So it's not a make-do. It needs to resonate with you because then you're going to want to pull it out for years to come, which matters to me. Fewer, finer things, my mantra. Fewer, finer things? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's my clothing. Well, not finer. Fewer things are my clothing options. Yeah. I like, no, I don't Your t-shirt like having, is fine. <laughs> I don't like having a lot of options. Right. If I could get away with the Steve Jobs, just wear a black shirt and pants all day mm-hmm. and never make a decision, I would. Yeah, there, there, is an, there is an argument for for, um, for uniforms. Yeah. Really, they are. Women still to this day in all the corporations that I speak to will say, I miss the suit. And luckily, I mean, the suit is really back in trend-wise. Yeah. But women are having trouble going back there but because they don't think they're comfortable, but they come just leaps and bounds and making them comfortable. But they said that made their life so easy in the morning getting out the door. But mm-hmm. this dress down or you can wear, you know, they don't know what to do with that. It's too subjective. It is. It's so very. It's made it very hard. Yeah. Mary Beth's helped me so much because, as you know, I mean, I'm not a typical realtor the way I dress. And, I mean, of course, I'm She's not. She's just not a typical realtor all <laughs> well, around. True. I, I just don't think. You know, and I think about it. Sometimes I'll even meet people that I'm working with, and they'll say, well, you don't look like a realtor. And I'm like, well, I said, I am a realtor. Mm-hmm. I am. But I said, I have to be comfortable in what I do. But Mary Beth's been great because I went to her, and I said, you know, there was a time where I couldn't get my price point up, and I was I was killing myself. But I always thinking I need to break into this higher market. I've got people mm-hmm. calling, but what is it that's keeping me? And I I went to see her, and I said I I want to change my look to something that's comfortable for me, because she's like another good friend of mine who sells glasses. When I see someone who looks all put together, who's local, ninety nine percent of the time they've been shopping at her place. That I'll ask them. Oh. Who helps with your clothing or who do you go to? And it's usually her. And I do the same thing with, with someone else we'll have on there. So who I buy my glasses mm-hmm. from. But but the thing is, is when you create, when you feel confident and you're meeting with, you have to match up who you're meeting with too. Like I worked with a company years ago that was a jeans company, Gerbeau, remember? Mm-hmm, I, I worked with a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. And one time I was really dressed up and I learned a lesson. They said, "We, you make us feel a little uncomfortable because we wear this to work and you're wearing a skirt and all this. And that was all. I was like, okay. And my, Sold. <laughs> so I told my mother, I said, they don't want me dressing up. So, But I realized you do have to match your outfit to well, who your you're audience. working with. You need yeah. to know your audience. Yeah. And, yes. But the, but the end of the day, it really does need to stay true to you. Yeah. Um, there's a great story about um, a woman who went, who was one of the first women uh, in her mid-20s who went to work for um, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Or was it Google? It was one of the tech, big tech companies. And she would go in, and she loved beautiful clothes. And she would be wearing, she'd save her pennies, and she'd have on, like, this great-looking suit, you know, mm-hmm. with heels. And they, essentially, the men, there they would laugh at her. They'd be like, what are you doing? This is a tech company. And, you know, for a while, she, she like, started to dress down and wear the jeans and T-shirt thing. But it didn't ever translate for her. Right. And she was more uncomfortable that way because she didn't feel like she was being her. Right. So... There's a fine line. You want to meet your audience, but you also need to keep that authentic piece of you that 
Because that's just going to always make you shine brighter. Mm-hmm. Always. Well, yeah. if you feel good about yourself, and sometimes if I have a really tough meeting coming up, there's certain blouses or there's a coat or something. And and what's great, and I'll give you a shout out, what's great about me is, you know, first of all, I have ADHD. And, I'm, and, really? and, I, and I do. <laughs> My schedule is busy. And I've never been one of those women that I just love to shop. You know, I'm just like, oh, my God. I just don't want to do it. But I also, shopping online is not good for me because I, I think it all is different. You have to make sure it feels right. So I, she'll call me and she'll say, come by this. I'm in the shop. Come by. She's picked out probably whatever. I promise you, out of eight things she's picked out, six I could just walk out immediately with. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's the way I try and run my business. And so I guess connecting with like-minded people is a really important thing. But I, she's really has amped me up because you know you saw me before. When I just... Well, you're looking good. Yeah, one of the things I, I, I liked what you're saying is you know you have to dress to your audience, but be yourself. Mm-hmm. And I do. You know, majority of my work is video work, and I'm interviewing people, and that is so true. And you know, if I'm going and interviewing, um, you know, have a client in D.C. and you know when I'm working with the kids there. I can't dress in a suit. I can't dress super. If I do, mm-hmm. they'll never open up to me. Like, I need them to open up and, right. and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I have to dress down. But I also don't want to pose like I'm, I'm you know, from their neighborhood. Because they're going to look at me and go, you're a poser or you're a fraud. Exactly. So I still have to be true to myself. But I have to be, you know, like, I wear a t-shirt. And I wear, like, really casual clothes so they can look at me and go, okay, he's, he's comfortable. He's not putting on airs. He's... Well, also, Somebody I, I, can would, talk I to. would think in your role, though, too, if you're the interviewer, you mm-hmm. need, I don't want to say you need to be bland, but you don't need to be a distraction in any way. They need to hear your words. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, I think that your approach is probably very good. Yeah, but... It seems I, to be working for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know next year. Okay. okay fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. I, I, that, I, I like how you say that because I, I find that very true. I've never put mm-hmm. time and thought into it until you said it, but I just naturally do that. You know, try to dress below the po- people I'm interviewing. Right. It's just not a distraction because you yeah. want your words and your interview I'll, to be what shines in yes. that situation. Correct. And I'm not the star. You know, they are. So right. also. So that whole conversation made me think of something. I have, you know, usually the people who work for me, they're very, they're, they may not be millennials per se, but they're younger. And so my whole thing for my staff is I say, you need to always dress for the job you want. And that's a good rule because it's. It may be that you, that you're already assuming someone wants to be successful, so you have to figure out how can I dress to be successful in the demographic that is my client base, and and so that's continually a struggle for me. But we work on it and do different things to try. But I think that um, and it's always creative because when your times have changed and when you're working with younger people. But I do think that, I mean, I just can't say enough how much Mary Best helped me with that is just feeling comfortable in my own skin, which makes me confident, which makes me be able to do better with my job. And um, during this year, obviously, we've all, we've talked ad nauseum about the challenges of 2020. What have you done differently this year that um, has helped as far as making, keeping you in business and keeping your spirits up and keeping you out there? Um. Well, I've taken a lot of deep breaths, and I um, always say that, you know, everybody says, you know, they're using the word pivot a lot, you Mm -hmm. know. Well, I've had to pivot many, many times in my career. 
Um, and now I'd say I'm really doing a cha-cha or some real complicated dance mm-hmm. because it's harder. Um, but when they when they shut the store down, well, you know, not just my store, but when they shut things down, um, I, I just got quiet and I thought, well, Meredith, how are you going to tackle this? Because I don't have an online presence other than I sell on uh, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. and whatever, but I don't have like a platform like Shopify. Um, so I said, well, you know, what do you know to do? You know your customers, you know what they're going to be doing. And I started just picking up the phone and saying, look, I will deliver to your car, your front door, whatever you need. Because so many people were going to Zoom mm-hmm. um, and they thought they looked ridiculous wearing a jacket, a blazer in mm-hmm. front on a Zoom call. So they said, I just need some great blouses. I need this. And then I just heard that, you know, real estate, you know, you and I actually had talked and mm-hmm. you said, Mary Beth, I'm busy and I am selling houses on Zoom and it's insane, but it is, it's, it's new frontier, but right. I'm doing it. So um, a lot of deliveries, um, a lot of box business where I just would ship it if they didn't want me to come mm-hmm. by. Um, but I was literally at work every day just trying to figure out who during this time would need something. Um, and a lot of times maybe it wasn't for a specific um, purpose or place as much as it just for their head. Yeah. It's just like because there, there is true science behind when you look better and feel better, you know, and making the effort mm-hmm. of getting up and getting dressed it does something to your psyche. So when people just like went immediately to their yoga clothes or staying in their pajamas all day, it was really messing with their head. Mm-hmm. And these are women that, that really, that is so not their personality. Right. So they knew something had gone awry. <laughs> so yeah. they, they, they were very responsive. So I was lucky. Yeah. I did not make my numbers, but if I hadn't done that, it would have been zero. <laughs> what would have been, what was great that I noticed, and I appreciate I had a little drop by myself, is I felt like, okay, this this is going to be great when I can get back out or if I'm on a Zoom call. But it also gave me hope that I would use need these. It gives you, like, it doesn't make you stop. It makes you say, you know, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm going to continue on knowing that in a few months, six months, a year, I'm going to be out at appointments and presentations. So this is just building on what I'll need. And, and that helped me mentally just feel better about it, I think. But also, she dropped off everything with a mask, a really cool handmade mask, which we've become very familiar and grateful for. So I think that was – you're making them out of ties now, right? Right. I, 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 when I was doing those deliveries, I was um, offering a tie. I was, I was taking designer ties and repurposing them, lining them with 200-pound mm-hmm. cotton, so they're real comfortable, and then I use um, sandwich bag ties to make the the mm-hmm. sew in the where the nose so you can pinch the nose. Um, they've been very popular. Plus, yeah. I feel really kind of proud of myself because they're re- it's repurposing something that's not being used. Mm-hmm. So. But who's sewing it? I ha- I am very lucky. <laughs> I, you know I am glad that you bring that up because then I can give a shout out to my manager, um, Jenya, who is a master tailor, can fix anything, can make anything. She can make them blindfold. This is a woman who takes a sweater she had and unknits it and knits it into another style. I mean, she is over the top fabulous. I'm very lucky to have her. But she's, I gave her all the supplies. We talked about design and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And she whips them up. She whips them up. She's great. Mm -hmm. She talked me into buying a bag the other day. And the only reason I did is because of her sales pitch. She was so excited showing me everything. Of course, with my ADHD, I still don't know what that bag does. But I just thought, you know, I got to buy this because yeah. she's excited. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's a convertible bag that you can turn four different ways, from a backpack to a 
talk to a anyway it's it was a little bit above my intellect and understanding but i was like you know i think i can throw something in here and carry it around you know like i said she's the one who can take something apart and put it back together i watched that demo with that italian handbag firm like three times I still can't do it. No, and it's I mean, embarrassing, but it's true. And it comes, with, it comes with a bag that you can grocery shop with. Uh-huh. It comes with a pad. It's like one of those everything bags. You remember those from years ago? Yes, yes, like, like, or the one that Joey had on Friends, that man bag where right, you can right. put anything in it. But no, it's a great bag. What else? So what's new for you? Tell us what's new. For, how are you approaching the world right now positively? And what are your plans? And how are you... How are you keeping your head up and just, you know, not stopping, not looking back? Well, between the closing and reopening, the other thing that got up was a big hit for me was my consulting practice because it was involved travel. Um, all those mm-hmm. contracts got canceled. So that's a large bit of business. So again, I had to sit still and say, okay, Mary Beth, that's not going to come back for at least another year, year right. and a half. Uh, and so I said, well, why don't you just open up another store? And so while that may seem like utter insanity... Uh, I thought, you know, why not? So I'm opening in Raleigh in okay. February, and uh, I'll be at Glenwood Village, which is... Oh, that's a great location. And, uh, right, yeah, Glenwood and Oberlin, so it's, you know, sandwiched between North Hills and Cameron Village, and it's, it's, a, it's a tiny spot, but it's really cute, and I can't wait to start that pit. I started okay. on, in December, they, they hand over the keys so I can start demolition and Oh, that's great. Making it mine. Well, I'll, we'll definitely try and get some of our agents who are in Raleigh and Durham to listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And then don't we always put notes and things? Yes. Okay. We can put a link in there. We'll put a link in there and we'll link you okay. when we do it. But um, no, that's exciting. See, that's something like I, we've been talking, we were talking last night and I said, during a time where everyone else is thinking, I'm just not, I, I'm thinking of things different. We I'm will trying to do get things to different. the other side of this. We will. And there's, and I've, Fortunately or unfortunately, another thing I would say I got from both my parents is I'm not risk adverse. Mm-mm. And I figure if you don't try, you don't ever know. Yeah. And that's as, as old a saying as that is, it just rings true. It doesn't mm-hmm. ever, I believe that. I believe that. Dave, what did you tell me yesterday when I was talking to him about an idea I have and he kept asking me, he goes, What's the worst? What, what's the worst thing that could happen if you do this? And I said, I don't think there is one because I guess I could always stop doing it or go back where I, you know. So you sit there and you think about it, and it's I don't know. Do either one of y'all watch This Is Us, that TV show? This no, is I've us. watched a couple episodes. I'd like to start from the beginning. I mean, start from the wonderful. Being, I mean, I'm sort of sad. I'm too emotional. I'm, so I can't well, watch I'm it. emotional. No, I'm sure I'd be. The one episode <laughs> that I did that I remember. It's it's very, very clever, yeah. but there's a. Care, the, there's a family on there, and what they do... Is this a spoiler alert? Spoiler no, alert? Okay. it's just a really effective coping mechanism. They do worst-case scenario. That's the game they play. Mm-hmm. And any time they're at a challenge, they, the whole family gets together and let's say, okay, we're going to do this. Let's, what's our worst-case scenario here? And it, some of them are pretty horrible, but then they usually always decide to go ahead and do it. But I thought that's such a great tool, too. <laughs> it's just it if is. you go ahead and think about what's the worst that could happen... And then usually it doesn't, knock on wood. But, I mean, I think I think I admire you for doing it. Now, listen, you'll be glad you're doing it now because you know in a year or two a lot of people are going to be doing things. Yeah. So. Right. And so, it, yeah, I, I'm hopeful. Now, I do like the worst-case scenario because, really, when you look at the worst case, you can go, oh, I can overcome that. Mm-hmm. If that's the worst case, I can overcome it. And once you know you can overcome your worst case, yeah. that's then, the way, that's then the way why, I've always looked at yeah. it. Is if I ask myself that question, go, Mary Beth, you can survive that. Okay, so but if you don't try, you got nothing. Mm-hmm. You know. In my in my company, I'm the one who's like, let's do this, 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 and this. And everybody's like, whoa, hang on. Mm-hmm. And we we've actually had a business coach working with us, and you know, he kind of 
did the whole personality thing and he, he talked to me. He's like, you know, you're going to want to push the limits every time on everything and just know it makes everybody else uncomfortable, but y'all have to find somewhere in the middle because right. that's mm-hmm. probably the best place for y'all to go because you have both sides kind of yeah. pulling you together. Yeah, But yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm like, let's go. Let's do it. Why not? Mm-hmm. What's the yeah. worst that could happen? Well, our mothers sure were like <laughs> I can get another job if that, I need it. Well, yeah. mom, mom used to say about cold calling, she'd say, some people are so freaked out by cold calling. And she says, if you go in with zero and you come out with zero, what have you lost? Mm-hmm. Nothing. But if you make the effort to cold call and go ask for business, if you get something, that's just a bonus yeah. prize. I mean, mm-hmm. but if you just... You know, it's either zero zero, right, or you make the effort and you potentially get something. So yeah. now, when I'm making sales calls, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not wearing the t-shirt like I do during interviews. <laughs> Good. I'm to know. definitely I'm, wearing, you know, a nicer, not quite a suit because we're in right. the creative class. No, you're creative, I right? Know. So I has to, but it's yeah. definitely I'm stepping up my game and Absolutely. looking nicer, more professional. Absolutely. I don't recall you ever doing that on a sales call to me. Well, those are different kind of sales calls. I'm just, no, it's so funny. My mother had a great saying. She said, they can't kill you. Because, like, you know, you're, you, it, if, you're, if you're cold calling, people don't realize that you're scared. You're terrified. Mm-hmm. And my mother just said, they're not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Just go. Right. It's, right. it's that thing. tough love. Just right. go. Yeah, just but go. That, that works really well when you make a mistake about flooring in a listing, all those things. <laughs> when anytime you say, you just admit it and move on. But... This has been great. I mean, so I'm going to give you a shout out. Mm-hmm. She's, I trust her with my look, my image, and, and it's a challenging thing. So she's got to be talented. But um, her shop is over on Pembroke, and it's near, if anyone who's listening knows where 1618 Midtown mm-hmm. or Possibilities, all mm-hmm. that, it's kind of on the side road there. Um, usually, don't you like appointment only? Is that better for you? No, we're open Monday through Thursday, 10 to 4, to okay. the public. And then we do do a lot by appointment because our clients want right. that individual attention. And they and we like you said, right. we, you come in, it's edited, done, right. ready to go. Now, when you come, are you still going to people's houses or have you shut that down? For no, last week I did two closets. I'm still going okay. to people's houses. Okay, that's because that's important. Yeah. And then for people outside of our Greensboro area, mm-hmm. you have other, another company. You're doing the consulting work. So how does that? How do you? True you Consulting. They can uh, find it on my website. And we'll do it in our notes. Mm-hmm. And it, it tells you all about the consulting practice and all about the retail store and what what kind of sets us apart and the services we provide. And you can do all that remotely. Yes, absolutely. And just to, to bring it back to everyone says, let's always bring it back to real estate for one second. I think the importance of this is. To be successful at anything, you have to feel good about yourself and have confidence. And you've got to surround yourself with people who are the best at what they're good at. And Mary Beth is the best with fashion and making you look your best. So thank you. You know, we we truly believe that you have to really be true to yourself, to your audience. And you really should present yourself as who you really are Mm -hmm. and not not be a fad, not be a gimmick. And it's the same thing with Mary Beth and her company. She wants to know you and understand you. So you're, you're kind of getting, you're helping us market Melissa too, you know, because mm-hmm. we market right. Melissa. So you're, you're doing it from the clothing side, right. from the, was it the nonverbal? The nonverbal voice. The I'm non- in charge. Yes. And then we're, <laughs> you know, and then we're the other side, but our, our philosophies match. So, you know, if anybody else is doing this as a, another realtor outside of the Greensboro area, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. you know, that's something yeah. to think about is find somebody who can help you be you. 
And if you're in Raleigh, I think we've just and, introduced you to yes, someone who can do that. Absolutely. Or you yeah. can do the true you. Now, you know, <laughs> we have to go now because yep. in honor of our mothers, we're going to go to the you picket farm and see if we can load some things up for tonight. <laughs> we'll let you know how that goes. Yeah, we will. Dave, drive us. Okay. <laughs> but no, I can't thank you enough. Maybe thank that's a good friend of mine. So. It was great meeting you. Appreciate nice it. Okay. All right. Melissa Unscripted is produced by Tiger Moth Creative, helping businesses and nonprofits leverage the power of their story. Find links and show notes at melissagreer.com, and so you'll never miss a show, subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And make sure you give us a good rating. That's it for now. See you next time.